longtime jazz assistant coach Gordon Chiesa with us. Dennis Lindsay is going to take an advisory role within the jazz. Your thoughts? It's great for Dennis. He said recently that he wants to spend more time with his family, and I'm sure that is absolutely accurate. By the way, he's only 52 years old, so he has a lot more game in him. I'm looking forward to this next part of his career. He did a great job with the Jets. Just some quick arithmetic. 25 years in the NBA with the Jets for nine years. He was the guy that drafted Rudy Gobert at 27 and Donovan Mitchell at 13, and he signed Quinn Snyder, who's been a terrific coach for the Jazz for the last seven years. So he has his mark on Jazz basketball. Very impressive. He works for Bleacher Report mode to kill with his... With them already over the cap. If they just let Mike Connolly walk away, it's not like they have the money to go replace him. Because they have bird rights and things like that, they can go over the cap to sign him. It's not as easy, you know, as, as it just seems logically. You just be like, oh, well, you can just go spend the $20 million elsewhere. It's not the way it works with, with the way the cap is set up in the current situation with the Jazz. They got to re-sign him. And then from there, you can build out. You got to re-sign Mike Conley. And you got to start looking at other places and where you can make adjustments. Nothing should really be off the table except Rudy Gobert and Donovan Mitchell are coming back next year. Chris Mannix from Sports Illustrated. Chris, you covered Danny Ainge very closely there in Boston for a long time. You think he resurfaces in Utah? I do. I don't know what capacity it would be. I would assume, at least at first, it's in some kind of advisory role. I think Danny was telling the truth where he said, I'm just not looking to work very hard right now. 18 years in Boston, two heart attacks. That takes a lot out of him. I can't imagine a situation where he'd want to step in to be in charge right away. But you never know. Like Danny's competitive. I can't see Danny doing nothing for the rest of his career. I think after recharging the batteries for a little while, he'll want to get back into the mix. And the most likely landing spot would seem to be Utah. Name, image, and likeness is now a thing in college sports. We've each filled out names of college figures and products to endorse. We mixed them all up, and then we're taking coal out of a pile. Hi, I'm Lou Holtz, and I'm here to tell you about... Lee's Snap-On Nails. Hi, I'm Johnny Manziel, and I'm here to talk to you about Skull Chewing Tobacco. <laughs> Hi, I'm Austin Colley, here for the Tsunami, the world's strongest in-home bidet. <laughs> <laughs> the tsunami. Magic happens. <laughs> Magic happens. <laughs> we are so juvenile. He is the radio voice of the Utah Jazz. David Locke, Brian Windhorst went on the Hoop Collective. Shut the beep up. Podcast. And now uh, we're not talking. I mean, it's just crap. Well, like, okay. why? What, what, well, I mean, like, why are we not talking about this? Like, okay, you know what? I'm extremely concerned that Donovan Mitchell might want to leave. And I should be. And Milwaukee should have been extremely concerned about Giannis might want to leave any state. And Oklahoma City spent four years extremely concerned about Russell Westbrook and Kevin Durant. They kept one and one went. That's the reality this week. That's not newsworthy. That's just putting two names together in a sentence with one adjective so that you can get a bunch of beep and clickbait. Shut the beep up.
Big Show, Gordon Monson, Jake Scott, 97.5 and 12.80 The Zone. Welcome on in. Happy Friday to one and all. Broadcasting live today from our Carrier Zone studios here at Vivint Arena. Austin Horton producing as usual across the glass uh, from us. What's happening over there, Gordon? Happy Friday. Happy Friday to you. Jake, you having a good one? It's, oh, uh, terrific. I, you, well... And we'll, this is on the list, but I'll go ahead and congratulate you now. You nailed the Bucks Hawks. Oh, yeah. I wondered. You know, as I, I watched that game, I thought, ah, oh, it's nice to be right about something nice to be all right. the time, you know? <laughs> all the time. <laughs> no, I, uh, wow, the Bucks were great. Yeah, we should, we should dive into that because, you know, it's amazing. I was just reading a thing about how many different role players have had shining moments this year in the playoffs. Yeah. There's been a lot of them, you know, even, you know, the Jazz are against the Jazz. But anyway, uh, yeah, it did play out that way. It's sort of been necessitated. It has been, big time. By the circumstances. I agree. Of injury. So, yeah, but that way, I mean, you know, it's, I, the thing you love about playoff anything, right, is the desperation. The, yeah, there's the so much to. on the line, yeah. you know, and, and the energy and the emotion and all that that goes, goes into it, you know, that makes, that's why it's so fun to watch. And why the loafing in the regular season is sometimes so frustrating. The You know, the more I think about it, and I just have not wanted to face this, I don't know why, because I feel somehow lessened by the whole thing. Okay. Regular season doesn't mean jack squat. Wow, you're finally coming along with yeah. that with me, right? I've been saying that for a while. You have. That's yeah. why I don't hate the idea of like mid-season tournaments or whatever. It is something to, some to spark a little juice into that time of year at least. Right? Some people hate that idea. I know huh? some people do. I'm and maybe it's not the perfect idea, but I'm I'm up for something. I'm up for, and that's why I'm also coming around more on the idea of these play-in scenarios or whatever. Anything to create some. Juice, yeah, you know that's not the playoffs. I agree with that for sure. Uh, I'm not saying that the regular season is meaningless, and it's a lot of fun to watch. But it really, there should be a better reward. It doesn't mean as much as I hoped that it would. In football, you can get a buy. You know that matters, and I realize that you know football is not series, but you can you get an extra round in the playoffs for winning and a week of rest. That seems like a uh, a significant reward for having the best regular season record, or one of them, of course. Yeah, yeah, uh, that's true. Uh, but anyway, I want the regular season to mean something. I know you do too, because that's always been your big argument as far as a playoff situation in college football. Is you want the regular season to be meaningful? I think it is meaningful because people are just so keenly interested in in, in how they're the college football team of their choice does. Uh, so I, I, you know. But in basketball, in the NBA, it's a fundamental problem in the sense of now you've got teams throwing games and resting players and doing all these things because the games don't really matter. And, yeah. and the product suffers. Yeah. Yeah. And, and it's all in the sense of you, you forget that you're there for entertainment and get lost in the competition. And I realize it's kind of a balance of both. But if you don't have any meaning in the regular season, then competition takes over and the entertainment side of it suffers. Well, I, I want it to mean something uh, because I want whatever's happening in front of me to mean something. But look at the baseball season. You know, 162 games. 
you can sit back and enjoy a ball game at the ballpark. And some people like watching baseball on TV. But you, you think, uh, th- does this game really mean anything? And it probably doesn't. But every once in a while, you see a situation in the pennant races, down the you know, divisional races, uh, where, yeah, that game, you could miss out by one. And we've seen that in the NBA as well. But um, it, ju- it just doesn't seem like it when there's that many regular season games. Um, you know, baseball by nature is a slow game. You know, why should their regular? <laughs> slow, yeah. their, the their, only thing fast in baseball is Austin's twenty minutes, twenty seconds. That's true. Oh, you said twenty minutes. So let it be said. <laughs> I meant twenty. I meant twenty nanoseconds. But I mean, I don't see it, honestly. And this actually is a really interesting place to start the show. I I don't see the perfect solution to it because gate still matters. So they're not going to cut down on uh, on the amount of games. Plus, as we learned during the um, uh, pandemic, they need to get so many games to satisfy television contracts. I mean, we're 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 talking about significant amount of revenue. I mean, they'd have to give up a significant amount of money to shorten the regular season. So that's why. What do you do? You know what? What exactly do you do to make it more interesting? And the, I, I, I don't know how you give more of a reward to teams with a better record in the regular season. Well, you said gate means something, but nobody ever put up a stink about load management until big time. You know, TV games were affected. Yeah, and I never, I, I never came along with that argument. To be honest, it either matters or it doesn't. I mean, if we're picking and choosing, like, oh, you can rest whenever you want, just as long as it's not on TNT. Well, that's an image conscious. Yeah. Or it's, that, unless, that's unless not, the network complains. But that's not doing know? anything about the problem. That's just kind of kicking dirt over it. <laughs> or, or maybe folks out there don't think it's a problem. I, I mean. Too I, many people kick dirt, so, dirt over their problems. Uh, I know. I'm solve ex- it. I'm excellent at it. Yeah, uh, yeah it's, it's usually the way to go. <laughs> it's a little easier, <laughs> at least in the short term. It's usually the the correct move. <laughs> okay, but I wonder. I mean, uh, first of all, we should give the Jazz. I mean, just to localize this and kind of put an end to the conversation because we've got to dive into the list. The list. We should recognize the Jazz achievement of having the best regular season record. I thought as it just been that something. It, yeah, yeah, absolutely. It's it's an it is an achievement. And we shouldn't cheapen it just because we put so much value on the playoffs. Well, like you said, you you uh, you have a problem with the reward of home court advantage because you don't think that means very much. I don't, and so, seating means even less probably. Yeah. Well, we ha- when you have people who are purposely losing games, dogging games, yeah, to, uh, and we've because what we saw the from Jazz the, did that too. They did uh, a couple of years ago, uh, and they did in the bubble. But what we saw the Clippers do mm-hmm. at the end of the regular season should be an embarrassment to anybody paying attention. Yeah. To undercut the worst team in the league who's also trying to lose. That's, <laughs> what, that's what the NBA the is all wins. about. That's what the NBA has come to. <laughs> that's really funny when you think about yeah. it. Yeah. Houston didn't want to win that game against the Clips. No. And they were a dreadful team this year. <laughs> were guys being? I wonder if they get bonuses for missing shots. You know? I don't know, but we are into 
you know, throwing games territory, which, which, uh, how, how could a professional sports league come to that? Yeah. Not good. But it's a smart thing to do. I wonder what, okay, so what is the appropriate reward for winning during the regular season? You said a buy. Um, would that a buy would be hard in play in the NBA because you're you're going to be on the sideline for three weeks. Yeah, especially the first round because the first round in a normal year, think of how slow that goes. I wonder what the ideal amount of rest would be. Probably what four or five days, something like that. Anything over that, and then the rust sets in, right? Yeah, and you don't want to delay things any. Much well, further than well, they have what? to. The playoffs what, what, go along what, what, what long enough. I don't know. I'm sure someone has thought about it, but uh, no I mean, action. you can you can cut the amount of teams to get into the playoffs. Yeah, you have it, then you lose money. Right. <laughs> I don't think the NBA wants to lose money. I don't think they're going to do that. No. But yet, their solution is to add more teams into the playoffs. Yeah. You know, at what point does that feel futile, as we've seen in the NCAA tournament? Just just kick another couple of teams in there. Well, this might this might sting a little for Jazz fans, but how about if you're given like a 2-0 lead in a series? <laughs> Still not good enough. How about 3-0? <laughs> Sorry, Go I didn't, Jazz! I didn't mean to bring that up. It's too soon, right? The other team has to play with four players. <laughs> I don't. That that doesn't work either. Uh, the other team has to run backward. <laughs> the other team has to play with like those aerobics weights around their wrists. <laughs> Remember those weights people used to put on that they were like ankle weights that supposedly helped you be able to do a jump better at some point. Did you try it out? It worked for you. I don't remember it, but I remember seeing it. I had a buddy who uh, who got uh, the jump soles. Does anybody else remember those? Austin, oh, yeah. You know what I'm talking yeah, about? Yeah, what yeah, did yeah. explain? They they had like an elevated heel kind of thing where it was. Oh, was it the heel? Was, I was thinking of the one on the on the front of the shoe. Oh, is it like, like flub- the moon shoe? Is it like flubber? No. It, it was supposed to make you bounce up higher? It, maybe it is how Austin's describing, and I just uh, don't have. But anyway, the whole point is to make you walk like. Like what? on your toes or not quite on your uh, toes. The whole okay. idea is that right. you're, yeah, you're. I remember those. Uh-huh. You're building the muscles that help you jump. I also remember Nike Shocks. Maybe they still make Nike Shocks, where they had actual springs in the heel of the shoe. Were those outlawed? I don't know if they were or not, but uh, they were the cool thing to have in junior high. And then, like three weeks later, the side of it would split, and you just had a <laughs> slinky hanging off the back of your shoe. Mm. <laughs> I, you know. Did, when I when I uh, referenced Flubber, did you get that? No. Yeah, because there was a remake of the movie uh, in the nineties. Okay. So yeah, because that movie came out in the sixties. I think Robin Williams did the remake. So oh, did he? We know about yeah, it. Kind of funny you missed the remake. Actually, uh, it seems like that that rings a bell. Well, I didn't want to go see it again. I was you know, Fred McMurray did but, it the right way back in the day. But are aware of it? I think. Okay. I think I Shooter McGavin was the bad guy. It just it just goes to show you that really? something that happened in the uh, in the forties is more relevant than something that happened <laughs> no, in the nineties. No, in, when you in see the, when you see the original version of a movie, do you really want to go see the remake? 
Uh, no, no, not really. I know you're 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 principally against that, so I don't I don't want to hear that from you. You know, I may I really don't come may, here once every. I really made a mistake uh, on that front once. Austin, do you remember the remake of Three Ten to Yuma? Yeah, yeah, Christian Bale and uh, the terrible singer Russell Crowe. Awful singer. But ben anyway. Foster well, it was, was nowhere, amazing. It was so, nowhere near as good, though, as the so, original. So right? here's the thing. I watched the original the night before I went to the remake. On purpose? It, it, I was flipping around the old channels, you know, and uh, I I came across the original because I'm sure they were airing it at like on Stars or whatever at the same time as <laughs> as the movie was out. In the, anyway, uh, loved the original. And yeah. it just totally ruined the remake for me. Yeah. And I think it was because I watched it. It was the one I saw first. You know what I mean? I could have watched the re. I could have watched the remake and then watched the original and gone, man, that original sucked. It was so hokey and campy and this and that. But no, I watched it. It was reversed. Hmm. And I've never seen the original. I've only seen the remake. So I'll bet I wouldn't like the original. And I didn't know that it's uh, the that is also based on a book written by one of my favorite authors, Elmore Leonard. So. Which uh, which was better? Which True Grit was better? I didn't like either True mm. Grit, truthfully. But I, I I will say Rooster Cogburn better done by Jeff Bridges than the Duke. Shush your mouth. I, Bowler agrees with me, by the way. And really? Bowler's Mister. Wait John a minute! Wayne. Didn't John Wayne win an, uh, an Oscar for that? Maybe so. I don't know. But. Or you know, was it for Rooster Cogburn? I don't know. Or stagecoach. Granted, <laughs> uh, we were talking about Rooster Cogburn. Yeah. Oh, I thought you were talking about True Grit. Isn't that the guy That's in True the Grit? guy in True yeah, Grit. Yeah, yeah. I meant, but there was a there was a subsequent movie I think uh, called Rooster Cogburn. Oh, if I'm not mistaken, I could be. Um, like I haven't seen the entire John Wayne catalog. Granted, but it didn't strike me as a dude with a lot of range. I've been, you know what I mean. <laughs> <laughs> like, he's not, like, uh, he's not the sensitive type. Yeah, you don't like, think? I don't want to, you know. I'll tell you what I'm gonna do, Pilgrim. He, he was, uh, he was a talented actor, but I, not, not a ton of range. I'd love to see a remake of Les Mis with him as Jean Valjean. <laughs> do a better job. One than, day more, Pilgrim. Do a better job than Russell Crowe, probably. Oh please, let's not get started on that. Don't be spoiling one of my family. A rat terrier movies. would do better than Russell Crowe. Um, John Wayne. Uh, uh, who's your favorite actress? By the you way, you have uh, said enough. Uh, Meryl Me? Streep. No, yeah, that's okay. Yeah. Uh, I'm on record saying Meryl Streep ruined Mamma Mia. Meryl Streep would have been done a better job. <laughs> <laughs> Jean Valjean, uh, Javert, yeah, whatever. Yeah. I haven't seen the movie. I told you. I'm so disappointed. You guys just ruined. That's one of my family's favorite movies, and I love that movie. When's the last time you saw Ned Pepper? I'm sorry. I, I, I'm look. You know what I've been doing lately? I've been watching westerns. That's nice. Yeah, at, at night uh, it's a good way to fall asleep, and sometimes I don't fall asleep, and I just watch the whole movie, movies from the fifties and stuff. I will say this: that there's a lot of politically un- incorrect things in those movies. Man, I mean, women are just you know I don't know. That it's somewhat disappointing if that's the way it was back then. But anyway, all right. Well, you we lived it. I didn't. To, do we have time to get? Yeah, but I, when I was young, I didn't really know what was always appropriate. You know what? Let's start with Gordon's list next. Okay. Why don't we do that next? 
You mean like next as in next, like right now, or next in the next segment? Next as in. Let's give us five minutes to wash this one out. Yeah, let's <laughs> let's let's take a focusing break, and yeah. we'll we'll come back focused. The thing about we John- started off productive, I felt with the uh, improve the NBA regular season, but it got a little loose there at the end. It went fast. Yeah, it did. It unraveled quickly, and I feel like we should probably apologize. <laughs> And come back better. We, we should probably come back fresh. Yep. Okay. Yep. All, All right. right. Here we go. Uh, we'll the list have a is little, nothing if not fresh. We'll have a little a little team powwow in the break, and uh, <laughs> we'll get to more coming up next. Everybody get in here. 97.5, Zone. It's a big show. Gordon Monson, Jake Scott, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Band of the Day today is Fallout Boy, selected by Austin. And brought to you by Live Nation Concerts. Buy concert tickets and get the latest tour news and artist insight at LiveNation.com. Always, it's a, I always got a kick out of the fact that that's a Simpsons reference, Fallout Boy. I did know that. Did actually, you know yeah. that? Because not being a not being a Simpsons guy. The, the reason I know it is they talked about it at a concert I went to. Ah, yeah. I see. How yeah. many years has the Simpsons been going? Did they just celebrate an anniversary or something? It's got to well, be thirty, right? No, 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 more than that. Because I think they started like eighty-eight, eighty-nine, something like that. Man, who would have thought that uh, some of these cartoons, if that's what you want to call them, uh, would have such an impact uh, culturally? Uh, 89 was the year, so was 31 the, years. Wow. Go. Or 32 now. Yeah. I mean, I used to love that show, and I haven't watched the new one in 15 years, 18 years, and it's still going. South Park's still going, too. That's like 22, 23. Anyway, The, Sip- the Simpsons became the, the longest-running sitcom, sitcom like years ago. <laughs> huh. Well, I'm- I can't remember who it eclipsed. I don't know. I have to go back. I love Lucy. It might have been. It might have been. It might have been MASH. I have no idea. Considering the Korean War lasted three years and that show went on for like 12. I watched, um, the other day, I watched a reunion. Excuse me. It's a Simpsons 1, South Park 2, Family Guy 3, Curb Your Enthusiasm 4, It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia 5. Wow. So I watched a reunion show from Ash uh, the other day. That was the reunion show itself was like 20 or 30 years old. I don't know. Oh, okay. I was going to say because it's, it's, it's got to be like Alan Alda and that's it, right? <laughs> no, all of them are there. No, I'm talking about today. They've uh, lost a few of them. Like yeah. you're saying, I watched a Mash reunion. I'm thinking like. Something recent. At that time, Good Morning not, America not from like yeah. 20 years ago. At yeah. that time, they had lost uh, McLean Stevenson and uh, Larry Lenville, I think, were the two. Uh, which Frank Burns and uh, Colonel, or what was his name? Colonel Potter? Uh, Colonel Potter was Harry Morgan. Uh, who, who was the guy? What was, uh, what was uh, McLean Stevenson? 
He was the guy who who passed away in the show, flying home, oh, the, shot down over Tokyo Bay. Oh or yeah, the guy that they really weren't going to bring back. Uh, was Trapper John? <laughs> no, Trapper John was Wayne Rogers, I think. Hogan. <laughs> Major something or other. So Skipper. Oh right. yeah, yeah, yeah. The original CEO, yeah. the guy that Potter replaced. Right. Uh, no, Pot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Gilligan. Yeah. What? Uh, oh, what man. was his name? I'm okay. Sure. You know what? We're we're gonna put a brakes on this. All Let's right. get Custer. I, I can't believe I'm saying this. <laughs> Let's get to Gordon's list. Let's do it. And now another look into the mind of Gordon Monson. I know. We're all terrified. Let's just try to get through this together. This is Gordon's List on 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. Previously on Gordon's List. That's the biggest shower you've ever been in. I'm not honking anyone. When you think about the big feet... Like, you know, they have big feet. Why would anybody swing a bat at the, 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 the sausage? They are looking for a little light in their life. When I have chlamydia, and they could say win one for the zipper. Would you feel comfortable sharing with your wife? I wouldn't mind being trubbed at times. Wow. I'm so per- proud of yourself. Particularly good this week, I've got to say. I just wow. line them up. You say them. Gordon's List, brought to you by Tim Daly Nissan Murray, home of the auto warranty that doesn't quit. It's endless. It's perpetual. It's forever. Wow. That was awesome. We, we should play that again. <laughs> no. We've done enough damage already so far in the show. Okay. Uh, where do you want to start uh, Well, this since week? we're doing damage, uh, let me start with, uh, you see this Hurricane Elsa is bearing down on the U.S. of A.? Uh, whereabouts? I haven't followed the weather uh, today. Florida? Or they're worried about the Gulf? They're worried about... Could go any which direction. But anyway, first hurricane of the season. Anyway. Actually, uh, what was the name of it? Elsa. So it's the first hurricane, but the, not the first storm. Right. I think there have been some tropical well, deals. It goes in alphabetical order, right? I don't know. Does it? Yeah. Oh. And it rotates. Boy, girl, boy, We started girl. with Andrew again, didn't we? Did we? Is that true? Because I think we had Andrew Reinhardt on the air at the time, didn't we? Oh, yeah. Anyway. All right. So, Jake, let me ask you a question. Who do you think are the most marketable, most quote-unquote valuable college athletes in Utah uh, from any of the schools? An Um, attendant question, who would you buy from? Who would I buy from? (laughs) Because uh, On the word of a college student? Yeah. Uh, I don't know. Uh, But the, the starting quarterbacks will... Pretty much rule of thumb, always be the most marketable, I'd guess. You think? What do you think, Austin? I, I don't. I was trying to think of who would be really good. And um, that Phillips kid from Utah is very articulate. He would be smooth, wouldn't he? Or is that not a big enough name? I don't know. Yeah, I don't think being smooth is going to be the only criteria. <laughs> okay. All right. I you're right. I mean, it, the well, quarterbacks are the biggest college stars in Utah. Well, right? let's let's uh, who rakes in more cash overall. You know, let's look at a professional level. You know, who rakes in more cash overall as a as a superstar when they're, you know, pretty close to the same level. Kawhi Leonard or Steph Curry. Uh, 
Steph by well, a long yeah, shot. Yeah, well, but that's yeah, that's because of Kawhi. Kawhi is really good. He's just yeah. not terrifically marketable. Right, exactly because of I, I think a variety of reasons. You want to bring two conversations together. I think load management is also part of that. But uh, he he's not nearly as marketable as other players his caliber. Right. Yeah, so I think in I think the same will be true. In college, I think position will be a big part of it. You Although know, every it, once in a while, there's a player who is so dominant at his position. I, you know, a name that just comes to mind out of the past would be Dennis Pitta. Sure, sure. Or, 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 or Kyle Van Oy. Well, my answer to the question for Utah this year would have been, and I, I hate that this comes up as often as it does, but Ty Jordan. I mean, yeah. he would certainly, I mean, because he was so electric last year. And so much the star of the team. So that's the case where a, the way they perform on the field has a big uh, has so. a big effect on it, right? Mm. Well, we're we're going to see a lot of it. So much against your protestation. Yeah, we'll you, see how it goes. Do you think without the team logo, some of these guys are going to get paid? People will be like, "Who is that?" Yes. Because <laughs> especially in football, they you don't know necessarily what they look like. Then they're up on the billboard, and you're like, who? Well, say it's a TV Not, commercial or something. I mean, exactly. what portion of the people watching TV are college football fans or, you know, and then more specifically, Utah, BYU, whatever. Especially if it's a newcomer like Charlie Brewer. Yeah. Right. Flipping back the other way, how it could benefit the student-athletes, uh, they they can become much a much bigger name through product endorsement. You know? I mean, name, name me somebody. Who's that woman on the uh, AT&T commercials? Barbara Walters. No, you know who I'm talking about. Diane Sawyer. Come on, Jay. You, Connie you, Chung. You know, you know her oh, face, <laughs> but she's famous for her commercials. The Same R. thing R. with Willie Flo Gal? from Progressive uh, Insurance. Or Is that her name? Yeah. Who? She's not on those commercials I noticed anymore. Is that a touchy subject? I don't know. How do you know her name? Paige Davis? Yeah. She did the remodel show for a decade on whatever channel that is. Oh, I'll be darned. I just knew her, the gal that smiled all the time on the R.C. Willie commercials. Who does, who's the guy who does the uh, Flex Seal thing? Phil Swift. How do you know his name? I don't know. <laughs> Would never have come up with that. I mean, that stuff really looks fun. You know? You know how he takes the, the chainsaw to the... To the oh, bucket of here's a good idea. He, he ch- takes a chainsaw to the bucket and it's got water in it. Yeah, and it comes out and he just takes that thing and it looks like I, I mean it looks <laughs> looks like C four. He's just slapping on <laughs> he that. He just takes that thing and just goes flap and problem solved. Uh, by all accounts, apparently it's true. It works. But you know what would be great? Get Max Tuapai and uh, uh, <laughs> you know. Uh, whatever other name I can't come up with, right? Nick Ford, and have them on a on a boat that is sealed with Flex Seal, and see even they this can hold even them, and then there's their endorsement. But then people would be like, "Who is that?" Because I don't know what Max Tupai looks like. Yeah, but you could have his name underneath. And this. I told you this yesterday. The first thing I'd do if I were a player, I'd start a Jake Scott support fund, and I'd just put it out there and say, "Who wants to sponsor me?" I'm going to crowdsource this thing. Yeah, but what are you going to give back? It doesn't matter. kind of does. There are some that have set up accounts on Cameo. Do you know what Cameo yeah, is? Yeah, I know what Cameo is. Sure, you, that's you, stuff You pay smart. a celebrity yeah. to wish you a happy birthday and things uh-huh. like that. Yeah. Okay. Anyway. 25 bucks a hit and you don't have to go anywhere? That's a great idea. I, I, I'm thinking, Jake, uh, what, what, Austin, what do you, Jake, if Jake was endorsing a, uh, a pro, if you were a college athlete, 
and he were endorsing a product, what do you think? What brand would be perfect for Jake? Uh, cardigans. I could do cardigan oh, yeah. ads. Yeah, that could happen. Cabby what about, hats. What about our guy Gordon here? Gym shorts. You could do uh, maybe, uh, yeah, Jake, it's a natural. You could do Wasatch Medical. Oh, Sweat-stained fishing hats. I'm not the one who has a, a, a specified parking spot at Premier Wave Clinic, pal. So let's <laughs> let's watch it there, huh? Parking stall lines are what, merely suggestions. What company would you most like to represent, or what brand would you most like to represent if you were a college Halliburton. athlete? Halliburton. Or a college athlete? Yeah. Oh, I mean. Or even, yeah, I mean, either, me, either nationally me now or, or me locally. Then. <laughs> As a college athlete. Oh, boy. Oh, it, it would be uh, probably uh, Jake here uh, for my friends at James Bean. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. You know, I hustle on the field, and now I want to tell you about my favorite reading material. <laughs> Guys, uh, kind of a, a sad, sort troubling story. Major League Baseball puts Dodgers pitcher Trevor Bauer on leave amid uh, this assault investigation. Details of that story are twisted. Yeah, they're unpleasant. Um and I've read through it, and I, I'm not in a hurry to read through it again. No. Um, but for those who don't know, Trevor uh, Bauer, he uh, was involved in a uh, sexual assault with a woman. And, man, I'll tell you, I read the story at ESPN, and that, that's some R-rated stuff. Yeah, you know? it's, it's it's not good. But, but let me ask you this, because I'm certainly not endorsing such behavior. But is there a due process argument to be made? Well, I think that's why the Dodgers initially hesitated on the thing. Right. But then but then Major League Baseball comes in and says, uh-uh-uh. He was scheduled to start on Sunday, and they were like, no way. That ain't happening. You know? So, I, I that that's a story that, I mean, I, I don't even know how to react to it. See, there are certain things, too, that if, I, if I'm going through something like that where uh, quite literally my freedom is at stake, I'm not sure I want to be so worried about baseball. And so if you look at it from that angle, like maybe they're doing them a favor. Like, hey, you, you, you got a lot on your plate right now, and you probably shouldn't be focusing on, on striking out batters. Yeah. But, I, I mean, I, I don't know. He denies it, by the way, through his attorneys. He, he calls all of it consensual. Right. And so, and the woman was saying, "I didn't. I mean, I didn't expect to get punched in the face." But, but I, and that's why I kind of like am going over top of the specifics because the specifics are are terrible. I'm just saying, is there a a due process argument? Is there because because that is a very important part of society, but doesn't necessarily apply to professional sports. You're doing that for employment. It's not right. You know. He's, it's, it's a If I understand it right, it's a paid leave, right? I'm not sure. I think it's paid. So it's like he's sitting out, but it's not like he's being financially damaged by the thing. So maybe that makes it somehow a little more tolerable. These situations are so complicated because they're so terrible. Yes. It's, it's not good stuff. It's downright disturbing. All right, Jake. Uh, would-be Olympic uh, sprinter Shakari Richardson is out of the Olympics now due to a failed drug test for marijuana. Um, 
I watched her run in the trials, and she's she's electric, man. She is she. What I saw, I thought, okay, that's that's a gold medal in the making. She's out of the Olympics now for failing that that test for uh, marijuana. She made no excuses in her public comments. She said that she knew uh, what she did, and she wasn't allowed to do it, and she's suffering the consequences now. Uh, facing a one-month ban, but she said she used the marijuana in Oregon, a state where the drug is legal, right before the Olympic trials started, uh, after the death of her biological mom. What do you make of that story, Jake? Well, I feel bad for her, certainly. I mean, dealing with grief is just... Do you think people should be banned uh, no, for, for no. doing something where they're not breaking the law? No, I think they should get rid of the marijuana thing for all uh, across all sports. And that's not quite as bold of opinion as it used to be. Yeah. But uh, uh, this, is, this is stupid. It's it, not a performance enhancer. No, it's not. And it's not doing anybody any harm. And, you know... Stupid! I I hate this story, and yet people like Lance Armstrong cheat for uh, years, yeah. and and they can't seem to catch up with that person who's actually trying to cheat the system, but yet someone smokes where it's legal or whatever and can't go to the Olympics now. I I think it's dumb. Now it is against the rules. She knew it. Uh, I'll, I'll tell you this: a lot of integrity for her to own up to it, yeah. and I can appreciate that. I respect her for not. Dodging yeah, and saying it could be this I, and this I do. and that. That, that yeah. was her quote. I take responsibility. I have a answer. tremendous amount of respect for that because you know, she said it. She said, I knew it was against the rules and I did it. And this is my reason, but I'm, I'm prepared to deal with the consequences. That That is sometimes really hard for people with a lot to lose to do and a lot to lose, like a trip to the Olympics. And and she I, was a gold medal candidate, I, man. She oh, yeah. really was. I so I I thought that part of the story in a, in a stupid, horrible story uh, that uh, I, I admired her integrity there. She and she would have she would have gained a whole. Lot, speaking of endorsements, yeah. No, it, think it, about what it, she's it's losing a lot. Her she's losing a lot from that, and yeah. she, she's very flamboyant. She's got the hair thing yeah. going and. She's she, awesome. She's yeah. really good. She's really fast. She would have been a favorite for the gold. And, yeah. This might be controversial, but do you compare that to somebody who drinks alcohol? I do. I mean, you're not punished for... Having a beer. Or drinking some whiskey. But, I mean, I, hey, I'm, I am I know that not everybody agrees with me on that, so, you know, spare me the tweets. That's just my opinion. Yeah. But... I don't know. In today's day and age, I mean, how many states is it medically, uh, is it for medical use, including this one? I mean, you I know, think let marijuana, alone, if I read the story right, it's uh, legal in 19 states, I believe. Right. And that's, is that recreationally or is that just at all? Rec- recreational. recreational? Yeah. So, I mean, it's, there's at very least dueling opinions on the matter, Right. So, I mean, maybe it's time to readdress some of this stuff because well, it's, it's, it's it, I believe that she should be going to the Olympics. If, if you were asking me my moral stance, then uh, I think I, that I think that she should be going to Tokyo. I agree with you. I agree with you on that. Austin, where are you on that? Uh, with both of you. Yeah. Uh, I think it, I mean, I'm, I'm of the opinion that it should be legal the, the worldwide and just tax it real heavily and put it back into schools and things like that. So. 
All right. Uh, Jake, the Cowboys have been chosen for the third time in the 20-year history of Hard Knocks as the featured team this next season. Yeah, I mean, it'll it'll get ratings and there will be drama. And it will probably be, I don't know, Gordon, what would you say, 80 to 85% Jerry Jones? <laughs> <laughs> the Jerry Jones story. Jerry, it's the Jerry Jones show. He's gonna, I don't know, probably have one of those desks. You know, like I'm picturing uh, the the <laughs> Merv Griffin uh, set from Seinfeld. Jerry just sitting behind. Uh, this is our, uh, our starting tight end. Bringing him in. Big <laughs> hand, everyone. Uh, no, I mean, it, listen. Nobody, no NFL team wants to be on Hard Knocks because why would you? <laughs> I mean, Do you think the players like it? I don't know. I, I bet I bet they're split on it. I mean, speaking of marketability and those yeah. sorts of things, you can you can uh, you know get noticed. So I Who's think that's it, when, probably pretty good. When but, you think of hard knocks, what player stands out as having gained something from the show? I remember the first year of Hard Knocks where Todd Heap was a featured <laughs> character. He was their first round pick, uh, tight end. And uh, yeah, I mean the Storm and Mormon. Yeah, I remember that, and he had a young family and all this, and going through all of it. And I don't know, I paid attention to the rest of his career, but I haven't watched every season of Hard Knocks. There's some people out there that are really devoted to it. I, I would not be one of those. But uh, the Cowboys will be entertaining. Yes, they will. All right, so I've got uh, Bucks and Hawks coming up on the list. I've got uh, uh, the Suns. Chris Paul, uh, but I've got some college football, too, that involves Utah and BYU, so we'll get to that. Well, good, because if it involved Wyoming and Idaho State, I don't know if people would... (laughs) It could involve Alabama and Clemson. Jonathan Tavernari is going to join the show at 3, our our friend Sam Amick at 4. Stay tuned, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. This is The Big Show with Jake Scott and Gordon Monson, presented by Big O Tires, with the lowest price on every tire every day. With no credit needed financing options available, Big O Tires, the team you trust. It is The Big Show, Gordon Monson, Jake Scott, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Didn't he do it once, and then the second time was when he jumped on the fumble when he didn't have to? That's correct, yeah. We were talking about Leon Lett. In the because that's why uh, Chris Berman called him Leon. Let it be. That's, Remember that? That's it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. All right. Jonathan Tavernari at the top of the three o'clock hour. Sammy Amick at four. Gordon, let's knock an item or two off the list before we get to Tavernari. All right. A CBS Sports ranking of uh, the Pac-12's toughest schedules. Jake has Utah at number eight, saying that the Utes are fortunate not to have to play Washington. But they have Oregon and USC, but the SC game is coming after a bye week. They also called Utah's non-conference schedule, quote-unquote, manageable. <laughs> Weber State, BYU, and San Diego State. Okay. The problem is for the Utes uh, that uh, USC, uh, one of the teams that we'll be c- competing against for the South title along with Arizona State, well, SC is ninth. And if you if you believe the ranking, and Arizona State is eleventh, and so in 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 their estimation they have easier schedules, although the ranking says USC's non-conference schedule is tough, having to play San Diego State, Notre Dame, and BYU. So BYU gets mentioned in both sides of that. 
Uh, they say that USC's conference schedule is likable. I, I, okay, I, I get these types of rankings, and some conference schedules are, are harder than others. But isn't that kind of the beauty of conference, though? Most of that comes out in the wash. Yeah. You, you don't know which team right. is going to emerge as a really fine team. Yeah, and I'm not, you know, not everything's the same. So sometimes you have teams at home in certain years, and sometimes things line up better with bye weeks and those sorts of things. So I, I'm not discounting the rankings here, but I do think that's the beauty of college football and particularly – uh, conference and division play is it's it's about as you know level even playing field as it's it's really going to come uh, having USC after a bye week is is uh, going to be helpful but I mean US, USC as the next uh, John Elway with uh, Slovis <laughs> I don't know I don't know how they even stand a chance they could have three bye weeks here we go is that is that where we want to leave it <laughs> Uh, but okay. Anyway, yeah, you were saying Bryson DeChambeau or Shambo, he will miss the cut. It looks like at least that's what I read this morning at the Rocket Mortgage Tournament there in Detroit. Bryson refused to talk to the media after each round after his split with the caddy Tim Tucker, which Austin thinks was manufactured just to create interest. Uh, right before the event began, uh, the problem is that the dude is a spokesman for Rocket Mortgage. Well, that's not good for him. He, you know, so he's he's a sponsor for the the brand that for which the tournament is named after and sponsored by, and he's not talking to the media. So, I I'm with Austin on this. This seems a, a tad bit manufactured, maybe a little overcooked. The whole DeChambeau Brooks Kepka thing, and and Bryson, uh, you, you know, certainly uh, did a lot of drugs to to get to be as big as he is now. <laughs> so I'm I'm gonna say this. I'm officially rooting against that guy. I'm here. I hope he I hope he uh, goes over par in every round. Sure, Brooksy guy. Not really, uh, because he's he's got some things that are irritating too. <laughs> uh, but more so than than that guy, I think. So I'm glad he missed the cut. Good. I hope it costs him a lot of money. Jake, you uh, you predicted that the Bucks without Giannis would be better than the Hawks without Trey Young, and as you predicted, uh, the Bucks took Game Five. They did, and uh, they got some some really. I mean, I guess you'd expect Drew Holiday to play well because he's he's a good player. And my my whole point was I thought the Bucks were a better, deeper team, and I think that's exactly what proved to be the case last night. But you expected out of Drew Holiday, probably expected out of Chris Middleton. He's an All Star after all. But I mean, Bobby Portis comes yeah. up with a big performance, and how about uh, my guy Brooke Lopez? And here's what I loved about his the tomahawk game. dunk. Uh, well, awesome. But here's what I loved about his game. So when he signed with Milwaukee. They told him, like, listen, we got Giannis. If if you want to play on this team, you're going to shoot the long ball, and we're going to call you a floor spacer because we don't want your guy bothering our superstar. So that's what, so that's what he did, right? And he's actually really good at it. I mean, he's a guy that can guard the other team's big and then step out and make some shots and keep the heat off off Giannis as he as he goes into the lane. But with no Giannis. They said, hey, Brooke, we need you to dial it back circa, what, what was prime Brooke Lopez? I'm thinking like Nets Brooke Lopez. <laughs> Are we talking like, what, like 2010? 
Around then, yeah. Gonna wow, to, has it been that long? Going to need to dial that Brooke Lopez. We need a performance from that guy. Oh. And he goes out there. I'll tell you, Gordon, 14 of 18, yeah, 33 points. And, uh, yeah, some pretty dynamic plays. I mean, that's I, – I think – one of the big stories of this this playoffs is the kind of the special performances by the role players when their teams need it. Yeah. Yeah, it's true because it's out of necessity. Well, what's the saying? That uh, necessity is the mother of... Innovation? Good performances. Well, I not not that. the same. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. Put that on a bumper sticker. <laughs> so yeah, Jonathan Tabinari's coming up next. That's happening. We're going to talk to the former Penny BYU, saved as BYU basketball player. I, look, I got player. four or five more gems on the list. We'll save it for later. All right. I like it. Let's uh, <laughs> throw a tease on there. Gems. Okay. Sure hey, wait, wait, wait. Since we're tuned. taking a break from the list and we'll get back to the list, I think we probably need to play the Open again <laughs> at 3.30. I think that's uh, probably. the rules. Yeah, I mean, I, I feel like that's <laughs> hey, Radio's not linear. It is not. Who's making the rules? This guy. <laughs> Stay tuned. Jonathan Tavernari is next, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone.